I put the report up. Can members please confirm that the report is visible? It's not visible no. as yet, Sheriff. Not visible? Not visible. No. And now? Yes. That's all now? Okay. Yes. All right. Um, it looks like I'm, I should not use the guide because it takes a while for it to appear because it seems like it's a data streaming thing. So what I will rather than do, Honorable Chair, with your permission, is is to page from one heading to the next um, uh, and take the members through that. We have quite a number of minutes to go through, so we do not want to spend too much time on the actual report. So. Just as a, as a reminder to all of us, we met on 13th, 20th, and 28th, and then we're also meeting on the 2nd, which is tonight, um, and we deliberated on the strategic plans for 2020 to 25. That's the five-year plan of the department and the entities, and the annual performance plans, um, which will be for the specific year 2020 to 2021. Um, and it's the DPWI as the department and the PMTE as the implementing uh, branch of the department. And every entity that reports to the minister, uh, we looked at all their planning documents. Um, just to, to page to um, this first section, which is the introduction. The introduction basically speaks to the mandate of the department, but also the mandate of this committee um, to, to uh, do oversight. Um, but we do say, and it's an important sentence and it's an important point to make in the, in, in the case of, of ourselves, that the minister is the policy leader that exercises oversight over the public, work public works entities. And remember, it's public works and infrastructure entities these days uh, with an infrastructure component being added to the department. So the minister exercises oversight over these entities and over the department. We, in turn, exercise oversight over the minister. So in order to do our oversight, we met with the minister, deputy minister, and the senior management teams of the department and the and the uh, PMTE and the boards of each of the entities. Um, and we did so in virtual meetings that were jointly held with the Select Committee on Transport, Public Service and Administration, Public Works and Infrastructure. And those are the dates that I repeat there, 13, 20th and 28th of May. So also important, although we held the meetings jointly with our sister committee from the National Council of Provinces, this particular report is in the name of this portfolio committee that reports uh, to the, or does its oversight works on behalf of the National Assembly of Parliament. Um, we then reflect on the mandate of the department. Um, the mandate is described in the Constitution, specifically Schedule 4 of the Constitution, and the mandate is also in the Government Immovable Asset Management Act. Thereafter, we will refer to it as GIAMA. Now, I will always say this. Currently, this is the only act that guides and outlines how the department 
does its work as the custodian and portfolio manager of government's immovable assets. There is no legislation, no Public Works and Infrastructure Act in place. In sections of the report, this will um, come out as a challenge and a problem that needs attention. Um, we refer here to the shift in focus of the department that took place in the 15-16 financial year. Um, and that is a shift where the practical implementation of the department's mandate shifted to the property management trading entity. And this shift then allowed the department to focus on policy formulation, the setting of standards for management of immovable assets, maintaining intergovernmental relationships with user uh, uh, or client departments, managing the coordination, standardization, regulation uh, that relates to the provision of accommodation and public employment programs. These, the, the PEPs is EPWP, and expert should insert there also professional built environment services to user and client departments. And then uh, the final bullet there saying that the department and the PMTE has an oversight role over the standards and regulation that the minister makes as leader of the functions that Schedule 4 of the Constitution confers to national provincial departments of public works and, in, uh, of public works and infrastructure, as well as municipalities that also play implementation roles. Now, I just want to pause, and then that, because the next is going to go very quickly, but just want to pause a little bit and just say something about what that last bullet means. The, the last bullet practically means that there are aspects of public works and infrastructure that is not practically done by the Department of Public Works or the PMTE. Municipalities, provincial departments and national departments instruct or approach entities, including the PMTE, of public works as a department to do that work. And the one that stands out is the IDT. It does a lot of the construction and the maintenance, and uh, that's a crucial thing to remember. The, the, the last point I want to make is, if you go to the head office of the Department of Public Works and Infrastructure, you will not find a building or offices that says PMTE that will make up a body of the PMTE. It doesn't exist. The PMTE, 80% of it, is spread across the 11 regional offices to be found in Cape Town, Pretoria, Johannesburg, Bloemfontein, etc. Um, so, and, 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 and this is crucial. It has a, a, a countrywide footprint um, from which a lot of work is done. That's important, and it's important to remember this as a point for members as we plan from now onwards to do oversight over the next five years. So in doing oversight over, over the uh, planning documents, there's a, a few things we must do. The first thing we always do is we make certain that there's a proper link between the broad policy of government the transformative trajectory of the medium-term strategic framework that stretches over a five-year period and the policy imperatives that the president set out in the State of the Nation address. And you would notice in the planning documents that link 
is quite properly stated. And so we, we don't have a problem with that. So number two goes through that alignment and it lists the seven um, policy priorities outlined in the National Development Plan slash Vision 2030. It uh, goes further to then look at the medium-term strategic framework uh, and, and its broad tra tra trajectory. And then it lists the three pillars, policy pillars of Vision 2030. The one is achieving a more capable state. The second one, driving a strong and inclusive economy. And the third one, building and strengthening the capabilities of South Africans. These three pillars are then underpinned by seven policy priorities. The first one being a capable ethical and development state. The second, economic transformation and job creation education, skills, and health, consolidating the social wage through reliable and quality basic services, spatial integration, human settlements and local government, social cohesion and safe communities, and the seventh, a better and, and uh, Africa and world. Now, the next paragraph is important because every government department should translate these broad policies in the MTSF, in the SONA, and Vision 2030 and the National Development Plan into programs with clearly defined, specifically stated, simply understood, measurable, achievable, relevantly resourced, and time-based outcomes with targets that are evaluated and reviewed in each financial year over the next five-year term. And the first place where that must be done is through reports of the DG and the senior management team, of the board of the entities and their administrative teams, to the Minister of Public Works, and then to Treasury, and from there to ourselves every single quarter. We will reflect on that as we get to the recommendations. Now, that's just a reflection after that on what the MTSF is. Um, and the important thing is alignment and coordination. And here I want to make the point, alignment and coordination of the MTSF as a broad policy plan between the three levels of government, um, facilitating the full integration of all development planning instruments into an integrated framework is very similar, very similar to the key role of the Department of Public Works and Infrastructure and its entities. It works across all three of these levels of government and it has a role to coordinate and to ensure that there's no duplication, no role conflict and no development contra contradictions. And that's the, the key, the gist of our argument that we have to make as a portfolio committee as we do our oversight. But we need to start with this point of we notice there's a constitution, there's a Guyama, but no Public Works Act to assist this department, to enforce uh, other departments um, in terms of infrastructure and public works to uh, play the game, as well as, of course, private construction companies, etc. We move to 
And yeah, I will just jump very quickly. This can't, can't uh, we can't go through every section the way I just did those first few. The third section is the outcomes listed in the department's uh, programs, or rather in its in its uh, in its strategic plan uh, from 2020 to 2025. And this is part of how they translate the broad policy. Um, and and this is a repeat of our NDP and uh, other outcomes, um, but it's important to note it in this document. Um, so that carries on, Honourable Chair, up to, it takes us to the, the fourth section, which lists the budget allocation over the, uh, for, for this year and over the medium term. Um, just a note to NOLA, um, as we publish this uh, over the next few days, we must just move all color um, in the case year 2021 and 2020 is highlighted just to assist us um, when we read through, the, through these things. So we do oversight over 8 billion um, for this year. Um, and uh, we will certainly put our foot down when it comes to specific depart uh, departmental programs um, as, as we do our oversight. Um, I will page quickly through this. The fourth point, 4.1, is uh, looking at every single uh, program. First program being administration. And here you can see that it provides strategic leadership, management, and support services to the department. Um, and you can also see that it plays a quick, very, very key role um, in terms of that first policy task of building a capable ethical and developmental state. Inside program one, we have the, the, the department then saying that it wants to, uh, it states a predetermined outcome um, and policy intent to reorganize the department into a resilient, ethical and capable department. If that's how it states itself, it's our duty to make certain that it sticks to that. A key uh, thing to note is the turnaround program in the, from 2011 to onwards and what it resulted in. One of the things it resulted in was that shift of the department making policy and PMTE doing the implementation. But the other one was also the establishment of the governance risk and compliance unit that uh, continues to assist with investigations with a special uh, investigations unit into alleged malpractice and corruption. A thing we should do oversight over strongly, however, is to make certain that this particular unit does not function as the only monitoring mechanism of the ministers. This is a departmental unit and not a monitoring unit that should do the work on behalf of the minister and her office. The minister's office must do oversight through in-year reports as per the PFMA's Section 32. The, every month and every quarter there should be performance uh, uh, reports to the minister. And that's what we refer to when we say the minister should have a strong monitoring arm in her office. Um, the sub-programs are indicated, and here we can notice in administration, one of the sub-programs program is the ministry itself receiving 44.7 million. My pause is deliberate. Um, 
the question to ask is how much of that is used on monitoring what the DG and his team is doing? Um, monitoring what the boards uh, are doing. Are they curating? And if they don't curate, what is the result on entities and the administration of entities and the filling of key positions in entities? Because if a board, if a board does not have a, if it doesn't curate, it cannot make key appointments. And if it doesn't make key appointments, the administration falls flat, it goes into debt, and it turns into a problem uh, for the public um, because it cannot deliver services. And remember the issue of coordination, regulation, standard setting across the three levels. Just a, a little note here that uh, corporate support services, supply chain management, management itself, and office accommodation, these are shared services funded uh, that funds the, 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 the functions of both the department and the PMTE. Um, and if, if later at a, at a, during the year we need to give more detail on that to members, we shall do, show, do so. Um, we move now, uh, I'm not going to do much more here. The Intergovernmental Coordination Program is here, honorable members, you can see uh, the, the key role that this plays. And I will just read through something here. It's a coordinating department. It must manage sound relations and strategic partnership with other client and user departments if it is going to reach the goals set out in the State of the Nation address and the National De uh, Development Plan. This program is key. It promotes sound intergovernmental relations and strategic partnerships, and it coordinates with provinces and municipalities on the immovable asset register, the construction and property management, implementation of GIAMA, and reporting performance information within the whole public works and infrastructure section sector. Um, I'm just clicking there so that I can remember that. Uh, infrastructure to be inserted. It's got sub-programs, monitoring evaluation, intergovernmental relations and coordination, and professional services. Um, program three is EPWP. I don't want to say much except for this. EPWP must get a strong training and skills upgrading of best beneficiaries as they are working in projects. It must become part of EPWP4. Um, uh, the nonprofit, just uh, the, the, the different sectors of EPWP is important to remember. It's got public bodies, nonprofit organizations, the non-state sector, and this is across these three levels of government to create work opportunities. And you see the last part also works in the provision of training for unskilled, marginalized, and, un and unemployed people in the country. Now, that unskilled should not be and you shouldn't also continue to be marginalized and unemployed. We need to get these people beneficiated. Um, and, I, and I'm referring to the honorable thing that, uh, that, that, that took, and this is key. When members work across committees, they pick up certain programs that should be linked with public works and infrastructure, and it's correct. And we will, we will later on get to the actual point um, around upskilling and beneficiation of unemployed people so that they don't continue to be marginalized um, and impoverished. Um, I don't want to hammer, hang on too much on, on, on EPWP because the, because the recommendations, we will deal with some of these things. Um, just the fourth program is the one called Property and Construction Industry Policy and Research. This is from which 
a lot of the transfers take place. Um, it gets 4.6 and it transfers the bulk of that, which is uh, 4.36, to PMTE and each of the entities, but also to um, uh, war graves, memorials, etc. Um, but this is also the program that should do quite a lot of the policy development and the legislative development. And uh, in the past, we hammered this because they did not deliver on uh, this portion here. Um, can members see the highlight when I do it? That review work is not being completed, and it's the reason why the department functions without um, a Public Works and Infrastructure Act. And it's also the reason why the CIDB and the CBE do not have powers to transform so designated groups um, can advance quicker through professional registration as well as so that the constructions, uh, construction, uh, the contractors uh, can, can, can be empowered much better. The next Last one, last program is Prestige, which uh, funds the Parliamentary uh, Management Board, the Village Board, um, as well as uh, Prestige clients all over. And you can see the targets it sets for itself. We'll have to just rush away from that. Um, but we have plans to do more uh, work on this. What I'm highlighting is some of the stuff that we will focus on quite a bit over the next five years. So the PMTE is then the implementation arm. And as I say, 80% of the PMTE uh, exists in the regional offices. Um, it might be a good thing for us to think of visiting each of these regional offices once there's no COVID-19 lockdown. Um, but this is, again, the, the point here um, of the legislation that's not in place. Um, which then require program four to complete that review work and give us a public works um, and infrastructure bill that we will have to pass. Um, now, the problem that we are highlighting here is the issue of user charges. So when we provide specialist property and construction management services to government departments, we do a user charge. The problem is before we can get the money back we took the money out of our, our budget and spent it. Departments, however, do not pay back. And we don't have enforcement power to get that money back. And that's what the bill is supposed to give us. Now, that sounds very familiar to members. If it does, it's because that's the problem with, with the IDT. So the IDT is, 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 is challenged. PMTE is challenged. Um, and uh, it's a bit illogical to hit the one and not the others. So this next paragraph where I pause is the one that speaks of this particular branch. The real estate investment services branch of the PMTE. It is supposed to play the role of investing 
the value of our real estate that we are holding. It cannot do so because it doesn't have capacitated and properly qualified people. And it's not about them not being qualified. It's about are they qualified in investing property? Do we have such people in this branch? Um, when we did oversight in the 2015 to 2019 term, we asked for the user and custodian immovable asset management plans of certain buildings and properties that we visited, correctional services and SAPs, for instance. It could not be produced. If that's not in place, then the contracts between client departments and our departments, PMTE, for instance, is not proper. And that explains why it loses quite a lot of money and why it has a huge overdraft that continues to grow during every, from one financial year to the other. Um, so here's the other problem with the PMTE, and it's this particular branch. PMTE registry services. It's supposed to manage the immovable asset register. And it's supposed to coordinate user and custodian asset money, immovable asset management plans. And here its problem is this problem of attracting and retaining qualified and experienced property specialists. So we leave that there. Um, the other one to keep an eye out, as, as I said earlier on, is this one. Uh, that keeps, if, if, if there is no proper immovable asset register, then your real estate investment services cannot invest because they don't know what they have and what the value is. Okay, we move to the budget and we just, I'm just going to mention there is this budget and the amounts is clear because this is what gets transferred from the 8 billion program four. Uh, the total is 8 billion, but in program four's portion that gets transferred to the PMTE. Um, and it's got the branches, as I mentioned earlier on. Um, I need to get to the entities honorable members so that we can then also deal with our minutes. So the matters that emerged as we deliberated are the following. We say the app shows an integral, integral link between broad policy objectives. Um, but, and our committees appreciated that the department undertook a substantial amount of strategic analytic work to identify problems that may weaken predetermined objectives, etc. cetera. Uh, the committees also appreciated the effort made to strengthen the logical flow between the strategic plan and, the, and each APP over the five years. We then urged the department to keep the committees informed of budgetary adjustments to ensure that funds were used to deal with COVID-19 crisis as regulated by the uh, National Executive and the NCCC. Um, and we refer here, that last bullet we refer to simply because there will be an adjustment to the budget. Um, we are passing the current budget vote to ensure that that adjustment can take place and we will have to keep our eye on uh, the purchasing of triple PEs in COVID-19 period and the centers and how much was spent. Now, at the end of that meeting, um, we urged the minister to further strengthen the efforts by the department through the maintenance of a schedule of oversight over the in-year reports that the DG must make on a monthly and quarterly basis to the minister and national treasury. <coughs> My apologies. We urgently inform uh, 
she should also urgently inform the committees of her plan to ensure that government has a social infrastructure development agency in place to continue the delivery legacy of the IDT. Because in this meeting, the matter of the IDT was raised and there was mention already of the dissolution of the IDT. Um, we urge the minister also further to ensure that the capacitated personnel of the IDT is not lost, but that they find their rightful public service positions with a new agency or structure that may replace the IDT. That number two um, is there simply because that came up in the deliberations. The committees called on the DG and the department to ensure that a functioning administrative financial management accounting and reporting system is maintained that can regularly report to the minister and treasury. Those are the in-year reports. Um, we refer to give proper attention to the weaknesses of coordination, regulation and enforcement so that the department can fulfill its mandate as leader and regulator of the construction built environment professional um, and infrastructure sector. The, the word professional should be in front of built. Uh, thirdly, urgently complete, urge the Minister to complete the review of the white papers, to also complete and table the legislative work that's required to strengthen the mandate of the Department as accommodator and landlord of the state, so that it can properly claim management fees and user fees from client and user departments for construction, maintenance and rehabilitation work completed in each financial year. Complete the negotiations with the presidency and the relevant departments so that the DPWI can play the coordinating and leadership role in the infrastructure sector across the national, provincial and municipal government levels. And fifthly, ensure that its legislative and regulatory regime is properly aligned to the Spatial Land Use Management Act and the Infrastructure Development Management Framework of government. Strengthen oversight over construction, professional built environment and infrastructure sector of the country to transform it for the benefit of the country and the economy. Establish information and communication technology executive committee. That committee does not exist because without that committee, there cannot be an ICT strategy aligned to the organizational strategy as per the five-year strategic plan and APP. Some of the outputs and some of the outcomes described on which the money will be spent per program, and I'm just dealing, unpacking uh, number seven here. Uh, that's actually six, seven, and eight. If, if that money is not spent, if the, the, the money cannot be spent without this executive committee that focuses on ICT. And if that committee is not existing, the ICT strategy is not there. And if that's not there, then Archiba software cannot be implemented. And without that, we cannot have an updated and properly maintained immovable asset register. And if that's not there, then you can't have investment, real estate investment services of PMTE, unlocking the value that's sitting in the immovable assets of government. The ninth uh, point here is the fit-for-purpose ICT architecture should be rolled out so that key functions of the department PMTE, such as the immovable asset register, can be achieved. But the other aspect that's crucial is number 10. Without that, data collection and verification processes of beneficiaries 
where indigent families get uh, the opportunities to earn money and to learn skills cannot be properly achieved um, without the ICT architecture. Currently, they use an, a, a really reasonably, it's okay, but it's not doing what it should do, and the verification doesn't take place of beneficiaries. And if the, the, the thing to remember, if you can't say where the person is, you can't see whether the person's been trained, and you can't see whether the person exit, and you can't see what happens to the person in the end. That's the type of software that we are talking about uh, that's in need. It also came to the, uh, it's also important because the Auditor General has its eye on the PEPWP that struggles with that aspect of verification and data collection. And uh, there is an outcome that's been described by the Minister in her plan and the DG in the APP of getting a clean audit for this financial year and for every year throughout the sixth administrative term. When we get to the entities, the CBE, um, the six councils are mentioned there. This is the Professional Built Environment uh, Council. It is the one that that the architects and the and the and the um, all the professional built environment graduates complain about not giving sufficient regulation and cannot, they're unable to enforce this on companies so that we can then have a structured um, uh, pipeline for graduates to become uh, registered engineers, architects, etc. This is the budget. I'm paging through because, as we said, members had the document since the 28th. Um, the CIDB is the contractors. Uh, it keeps a register. One of the things that, that, that we'll see just now is how we could use this register to prevent contractors that act um, uh, corruptly uh, from continuing work in government. This is the, this is the budget. Um, uh, they list a few outputs and action items. The contractor register. Um, the development of a database and register of professional service providers. That's a very important register. Um, and then the special infrastructure, infrastructure projects um, as per the Infrastructure Development Act number 23 of 2014. The CIDB had to make some, some of these changes so it can also play the role um, that the department uh, or the function that the department got added to itself. Um, and then the issue of mainstreaming EPWP in all built environment departments across all spheres of government and um, in all other public employment programs. The matters that, that emerged from our deliberations um, relates to the weak enforcement power, no enforcement power to ensure stronger participation of all stakeholders um, in the transformation in DABAS that the CIDB arrange, arranges. Um, it's not, the, the, what comes out of the DABAS does not get implemented because the participation is weak. And it happens because the CIDB, as well as CBE, does not have uh, proper power as per legislation. Um, ongoing challenges of participation. 
as we just said. Um, and so this is an aspect that can be fixed if the minister as policy leader get the public works white papers reviewed and uh, those CIDB Act and the CBE Act amended. Um, I refer in the, in the paragraph, the three-line paragraph there around the participation, which I just uh, dealt with, uh, the issue of a structured graduate internship program and learnership. You can have it. You can have a structured graduate internship program. The CBE can come and present to us until we are blue in the face. But if there is no link between this plan on paper and the stakeholders and the companies, then it will not be implemented. And you will still have people spending eight years and longer as graduates, uh, photocopying plans and merely sitting on the edge and not taking part in, in large empowerment projects. Um, our members mentioned uh, the incentives that need to come in, incentives need to be used to get buy-in and participation of big companies uh, so they can implement these things. Um, and they, they spoke about tax breaks uh, to companies that take on a number of graduate professionals and construction workers for internship towards professional registration. In the case of construction workers, it's not construction workers only, but also contractors, lower level contractors. The subcontracting can be done in such a way that if a big contractor bring a subcontractor in these tax breaks as incentives. And those are things that needs to be discussed with Treasury as well as SARS. That's what we note there. The issue of professional registration uh, we dealt with, but then also the issue of municipalities using unregistered professionals, CBE stating that they are meeting with Salga to address the matter, the structured candidacy program, that's what we just referred to earlier on, um, that requires stakeholder participation, and then um, budget allocation for transformation that was reduced, yet the number of programs were increased. Honorable Sir Wiesa's point. This suggested that more may need to be done with less. It could lead to employment contracts being terminated and workers being left destitute. Um, and of course, planning planned outcomes as stated in the planning documents may not be achieved with a lower budget allocation. Important matter then also of the CIDB's construction, uh, construction contractor register uh, that could keep a record of contractors with a bad record on, of, um, of uh, on-time completion of contracts um, um, and low quality work and other incidences of malpractice. Um, Agrima members, I will, I will not read through Agrima again, but what I will do is Agrima and IDT, I would just want to do together. Um, uh, should I? Okay. Uh, I may have to page back. My apologies if you... Okay, here we go. L let's just look at the committee deliberations on the planning documents of Agrima SA and IDT. We did not consider the IDT's documents because the minister withdrew it. And members may later on make further comments on that, but it may be captured in the recommendations. The matters that emerged is, number one, members noted that Agrimo, again, and it's not the first time, last year I think they also mentioned it, the lack of informing stakeholders and the public of the fit-for-purpose building materials and systems. It's a weakness. The systems and building products that ASA develops um, can speed up completion of high-quality, environmentally friendly houses, 
and social infrastructure amenities, clinics, hospitals, police stations, and courts. But because it's not known, it doesn't get used. If you look at the NDP and Vision 20, why is it 2020? 2030 um, implores ASA actually to make its products more known. And it might not be ASA that does it, but CIDB and the CBE might have to play a role there. The committees made it also clear that if sister departments such as human settlements and sanitation services and municipalities are not using these product products, the ASA would, be, ASA would be operating in a vacuum. Committees further welcome the undertaking to deal with that matter um, in its work with the National Home Building Regulation Council. Um, I think it's a registration council, actually. I'll fix that. And the Department of Human Settlements and Sanitation Services and other sister infrastructure departments. Committees were pleased that ASA had appointed females in more than half of its organogram. Um, concerning the Minister of Public Works' assertion that the IDT STRAT plan and APP could not be tabled, uh, the committee made these comments. Committee number one strongly objected to the Minister having released information on the IDT exit strategy in the media before informing the committees that she was dissolving the entity. Uh, the interim board chair confirmed that the minister and the IDPWI knew of the board vacancies and that no appointments were made to ensure that they, uh, that the, I will fix the, the errors here, that the governance structure remained in place. He stressed that a strong internal audit committee remains in place. Um, the committee stressed that the minister needed a stronger monitoring and evaluation unit in her office that can timelessly alert her of challenges in the governance structures of the public works entities, as well as problems in her department. The matter of consequence management to deal with regular expenditure and possible malpractice in the IDT was dealt with. A comprehensive report was available and would be submitted to committees. That's an undertaking from the minister and the department side. The minister, sorry, and, and the IDT side. The minister, having requested the withdrawal of this plan and the APP of the IDT, the committees may have to exclude it from its budget vote report uh, for this financial year. Um, the committees were not treating the presentation on the withdrawal of the IDT's planning documents as the end of the process, but rather as the beginning. A good question to ask at this initial stage um, is whether this exit strategy is the best solution for the department that should drive social infrastructure development. The minister committed to account and provide de detailed responses to questions put to her office on her mandated responsibilities. The deputy minister affirmed that the office of the minister would not deliberately undermine the portfolio committee and select committee um, on the work that it was mandated to perform. The committee the committees uh, committed itself to work with the minister, the TPWI, PMTE, IDT, and Agrimo SA, and the other entities to find solutions for the challenges of the department that must lead, coordinate, and regulate the South African public works and infrastructure sector. Now, before going to the recommendations, Honorable Chair, could I ask you how I'm doing with time? You're Check doing okay. okay. Am I doing okay with time? Um, because I want to just know whether I can just go back to a section on the IDT. But you are left, you are left, you are left, you are left, you are left 10 minutes. minutes. That's enough. Okay. Okay. Chair, the reason why, thank you, Chair. The reason why I want to go back to the IDT is 
Um, if, if the minister withdrew the planning documents um, because her plan is to dissolve it, to dissolve the entity, and the, de the department, the entity itself, and this committee feel strongly that this entity continues to be important, then this committee must come up with a plan that alternates what the minister says. And the committee has the power to do that. So I would like to just draw members' attention to what was done in the section on the IDT. And I'm taking members to 6.4, which is the IDT, and I will not be long. The minister withdrew it. The committee did not receive any information on the updated plans to transform, restructure, or dissolve the entity. There were no plans given to, to the committee. So what is the committee's what, what does the committee have to do? What does the committee stand to do? So in the absence of updated information of, of what will happen to the entity, and given the important social infrastructure mandate of the entity and the department, the portfolio committee here in this report lists a background um, and it provides a summary of challenges. And then at the end, there's an alternative. So 641 is the background, and I'm not going to go through this because this is well known to members. But the 642 and 643 may, and, and really members can tell us to delete this and just to have the recommendations, or members may take this further. If you do, you will have to debate on this quite strongly in the, in the, in the budget vote. Um, and take an alternate view to the members. And this committee may have to deliberate on that at the end of this report. The summary of challenges are that there's been a long drawn out transformation process. The IDT was never converted from Schedule 2 to Schedule 3A, as was promised at a particular stage. The policy leader and the DPWI as lead department did not report on progress with implementation of any aspect of the 2018 turnaround plan and I'm talking now about at this stage where we are now, there was no report on how to align the IDT and DPWI mandates. In spite of knowledge that the IDT was unable to collect management fees from client departments for project management services to do the social infrastructure projects, nothing was done to enforce debt payment by client departments. Now, saying nothing was done is probably spreading a bit of false information honorable members to be honest that's a bit strong there was there were steps but it didn't have the effect of getting the debt paid back to the entity um, fourthly the long drawn out process had the effect of of competent administration and financial management personnel leaving and weakening the the idt to collect debt they couldn't have a proper financial management system in place, and they were starting to be non-compliant with the PFMA and Treasury regulations. Uh, it got negative audit findings, um, and the IDT's trust deficit with government departments went down. The result is KUCHA 
and Development Bank of South Africa and other entities, including the PMTE, started taking over the IDT's work. The board of IDT lost members, and in spite of that, number eight, the minister did not timelessly assist to ensure that the board was correct, so that the financial and administration and management branches was properly uh, capacitated. Now, the strategy, strategy to deal with the entity's challenge, and this is not new, this was uh, factual already during 2014 uh, to 2019. Minister, Deputy Minister, DPWI and IDT reported in 2017-18 on a strategy to reconfigure the entity into a streamlined social infrastructure agency. And the alternative is that, that IDT be transformed into a more technically proficient social infrastructure agency undertaken by a task team that include Treasury, DPW, IDT, public services and admin and other key role players, develop it along the same model as that of the government technical advisory center that results in a highly professional advanced technical advisory agency that provides program project management and transactions uh, support to Treasury and the Minister of Finance. That's GTAC. But similar to GTAC, the new infrastructure agency would be established as a government component in terms of Public Service Act. Um, so there is a, a model that can be developed and ca that can be used and the IDT can be remade into that. In It's similar to the PMTE, it then becomes part of and it continues uh, to operate similar to the PMTE, and the PMTE, of course, then gets the IDT's personnel. So um, this is this is practically all of it. Um, the just to say that in 2019, in the 2019 10 July by budget vote, um, the minister, current minister, stated that the deputy minister and I will be engaging with the board of the IDT on its turnaround plan as well as codifying its mandate with a view to concluding its business case. Now, that business case is a business case to develop and transform the IDT into a different social infrastructure agency. And it's very, very mind-boggling to find out in a year later, during a budget vote uh, presentation, that the APP and STRAT plan gets uh, removed from Parliament and the minister wants to dissolve the agency. And we don't have a plan in place for what is going to happen with this entity. With that, we can go to the recommendations. Um, the recommendations is a repeat, honorable member, which is why I said 10 minutes is enough. The recommend, recommendations, because I probably have about five minutes or four minutes now. The recommendations is a repeat of what we had under emerging from every single day of our meetings, the 20th, the 20, uh, no, no, help, the 13th, the 20th, and the 28th. So, first of all, the, the, the minister should ensure, and remember the, the recommendations are made to the minister, honorable members, and not to the department. Uh, the committee recommends that the minister of public works and infrastructure ensures a functioning administrative financial management accounting and reporting system is maintained that can regularly report to herself and Treasury on matters that may weaken the achievement of policy outcomes as outlined in the NDP, etc. We say that 
this matter would be uh, ideally reported to us by 30 September in the third quarter performance report. That's the next one. Uh, we had the first and the second quarter performance report. We suggest that in the third quarter performance report, there should be a full report on in-year reports um, uh, so that the policy outcome of a capable um, and ethical department, a resilient uh, department, is in place. Uh, the minister provides that a comp comprehensive report on consequence management to deal with irregular expenditure and malpractice and corruption in the department and its entities, specifically the IDT, be made by the end of August. Urgently completes the review of the white papers so that we can have those acts as well as amendment acts. Fourthly, reports on negotiations with the presidency and relevant departments for the DPWI and, and here we heard that the money was transferred for infrastructure, but we do not have any idea of the coordinating and the leadership role of this department across national, provincial and municipal government levels. And we need a comprehensive report by the end of August on the funding that is there, but the performance reporting and the accounting flow from municipal, municipal, municipal side provincial side and some national departments to this department, um, how that will unfold through the rollout of the district development model across the 44 districts, that is not known to this committee. We would like a report by the end of August. Firstly, ensures that the legislative and regulatory regime to align SPLUMA, and SPLUMA is implemented at municipal level, but it needs to be the Department's legal regime, legal mandate must be aligned to SPLUMA and the infrastructure development management framework of government. Otherwise, uh, this uh, goal that the department have to, and I'm going up because I'm looking for the infrastructure portion, that goal is not going to take place um, easily. So we are at six now. Uh, Minister instructs DJ and the senior management team to complete the establishment of the ICT Executive Committee. I went through that earlier on. Um, it's here as a recommendation. We need a report by the end of June. Um, ensures that the ICT Executive Committee drives the completion of the rollout of Archibus so that we can have a proper IAR. Um, the fit for purpose architect, ICT architecture also so that uh, important so that uh, that IAR, the updated version of it, can assist the investment branch of the PMTE to unlock the value of government. We need a report by 30 September um, in the third quarterly report. Um, completes the overall of the architecture for the EPWP to get a clean audit report. That architecture is important for that. Instructs PMT to report quarterly on scheduled maintenance and the plans to decrease unscheduled maintenance. Um, just alerting members, Thring, member Sewisa, member Van Skalkweg, member Hicklin, to look out for your inputs um, because they have been built into this list. Instructs the EPWP branch in its quarterly performance reports to report on innovative ways to upskill beneficiaries, Honorable Thring, in order to reduce our national skills deficit. 
leads the DPWI to undertake intergovernmental cooperative programs with departments such as uh, the Department of Trade, Industry and Competition. Uh, that's the combination of the former, um, what was that, economic development and trade and industry. Small business yes. development, that's NOLA's old department. Um, higher education training, that's my old department. And employment and labor with a view to increase training and skills development um, to achieve uh, the policy objectives to create uh, employment and eradicate. We don't want to just play with poverty, we need to eradicate it. Yeah. Um, urgent, urgent, perfect, sir. Urgently informs the committee of the plan to ensure that government has a social infrastructure development agency in place to continue the delivery of the IDT. Um, further to ensure that the capacity personnel, etc. And uh, I dealt with that earlier on. Report by 31 July. I don't think we've got deadlines for those others that I inserted for the Honourable Thring and others, but uh, we can we can put that in um, in the amendments. 14. Improve the monitoring and oversight function of the Minister's office, as I mentioned earlier on. We need a report by we need a report by 31 August. Completes the legislation to align the mandates of the IDT, PMTE, DPWI and provide for improved enforcement, regulatory and coordinating, co coordination power. Um, so that this department and the PMT can perform its sector oversight, regulation, coordination and enforcement for transformation purposes, as well as for the collection of user management fees for projects. Um, this matter to be reported by February next year. Um, and then, the la no, it's not the last one. Um, reports to the Committee on Transformation Targets. Uh, yes, one of the members, Honorable Van Skalkwijk, I think, uh, on the transformation targets for designated groups of the department, the PMTE and the public works infrastructure entities, so that the problem of the high vacancy rate across the sector is addressed. Reports on improved legislative and regulatory change to address the difficulties um, that the CB and CIDB uh, experience uh, around transformation of the construction and professional built environment. This matter I dealt with earlier on, 31 July is the deadline, and in every single quarterly report after that. It must be an item, standing item. Reports on innovative measures taken to incentivize participation in strategies to, to transform. Uh, this is stakeholder participation in transformation in Davos and how we incentivize uh, the private industry to also play its role. Report required by 31 July and subsequently in each quarterly report. Uh, second last, reports and strategies to improve professional registration. This is the structured candidacy program. And then the final one, instruct ASA to report on strategies it will undertake to make its services known. Um, and then of course, it's collaboration with Human Settlement and Sanitation, and the NHBRC. Here the NHBRC's name is proper. The earlier name, Regulation Council, is incorrect. I will fix that. Um, I thank you, Honorable Chair, and, and uh, esteemed Secretary of the Committee. Thank you. Thank you, um, for a detailed uh, report. You know you exceeded by six minutes.
to the time that we gave you. And then now inviting members to 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 speak. Um, we won't be having a second round. I want all the members that are present in the, in the committee uh, in the way they are written here in the in the list. Honorable Graham, uh, Honorable Tring, Honorable Hicklin, Honorable Marcelle, Honorable Suiza, Honorable Shabalala, Honorable Mumalo, Honorable Fanscalvi. And then if you are fine, you will just not speak. Honorable members in that order. Thank you, Chair. Um, I, I realize that we were required to make inputs before the before 11 o'clock on Monday, but um, unfortunately, as you know, I was busy with exams and I moved house and all sorts of other excuses that I have. Um, so there are just a couple of things that I would like to raise my concern on in this. Um, in terms of our recommendations on 7.3, we recommend that we complete that the department completes the review of the white papers. Um, now that's all good and well, but. Nowhere are we asking for them to finalize the Public Works and Infrastructure Act or bill. Um, and to me, it, I don't see why we should be um, reviewing the white papers and then going on to draft a bill where we could actually just be working on a bill for the Public Works and Infrastructure sector. And that could then incorporate the infrastructure um, component into that. So... Um, my, my feeling is, is that we take out the white papers completely or we say that um, a review whereby the white papers can be incorporated um, and included into, into a public works bill um, that, that we need to be looking at. Um, I do believe that that is, that is absolutely fundamental, is that we have got to have enabling legislation for this department um, because at this stage there isn't any enforcement of anything. Um, and then with respect to the IDT, on 7.13, we are conceding on the closure of the IDT. But then on 7.14, we are asking for increased monitoring on the IDT. And then on 7.15, we are asking for legislation to align the IDT. So we've actually got two different recommendations here. One saying that it's fine, go ahead and close it. And the other one where we're actually asking for work to be done around the IDT. Now, as far as I'm concerned, the minister has taken a unilateral decision on the IDT. She hasn't discussed it with anybody. I don't even think the director general knew that she was planning on closing down the IDT because as early as March, when we asked him about the IDT, he said that there were plans in place and they were working on ways to make it viable. I believe that um, the minister has not... I, th I think she's overstepped her mandate. I personally don't think that she can just go and close down an entity without proper consultation with the committee, with her director general, and with the people that are involved. So as far as I'm concerned, and I agree then with Shuaib, is that there has to be a social infrastructure arm within the, within the department. So we either need to um, push for an aligned or a, a similar kind of um, structure like, like is, is raised early on in the document, um, 
or we need to say, right, what is going to be done to make the IDT viable. But then we have to change those three recommendations because we can't have one saying, okay, that's fine, go ahead and close it, and then another one asking for monitoring and, and legislation. So um, I think my feeling is, is that what we need to be asking for is um, a variety of ideas from the department as to what would be the best way to deal with social infrastructure um, by the department. In other words, close down the IDT and create a new body or restructure the IDT um, or make it a, you know, a, different, a different kind of entity or whatever before we start just conceding on the fact that she can just go and close it down. So I think maybe on 7.13 we should be talking about um, her coming back to us with proposals around IDT or another agency. And then in 7.14 and 15 say, um, you know, that we need to now increase monitoring around the development of a plan around whatever is coming um, out of out of the minister, um, and then obviously seven fifteen when we're talking about legislation, we need to obviously be talking about how legislation would then align a new a new agency. Um, and then the only other question I have is where and when this is this is on the budget. It's the budget report. I didn't see anything in the recommendations around COVID-19 spending um, and an adjustment budget, et cetera. Where and when do we raise our concerns around spending related to COVID-19 and how that's impacting on um, spending in other areas? I really am concerned that money's been taken from other projects, other areas, other votes, um, and used on this COVID-19 crisis, and we have absolutely no idea what's going on. Um, an example, obviously, is the border fence, um, and another example is the quarantine sites. We know that the department is spending money on quarantine sites. We don't know what is going, what actions are going to be taken to recover that money from, from client departments. We don't know which votes have been affected by that money, et cetera, et cetera. So I really think that we have to craft a recommendation around regular, comprehensive reporting around the COVID-19 expenditure. Thank you. Chair, should I continue? Yes, Okay, thank you. Yeah, yeah I think firstly, just uh, a thank you to the Secretariat and support staff of the committee for, I think, an excellent job done in terms of the compilation of the reports with all of the inputs uh, from the committee uh, over our uh, last series of meetings that we've actually had. So, so firstly, just a, a big thank you to the, the Secretariat and the support, support team. Um, I, I did uh, make some of the submissions which were included, and uh, again, also my appreciation uh, for the inclusion of those uh, of those two submissions that I've actually made. I think my contribution, Chair, was going to be also around the IDT, which is to a large extent uh, covered by, by Honorable uh, Samantha. And um, I, I think that we have to make a decision in terms of what it is that we as a committee um, are saying with regards to the the forward movement of IDT. Um, I, I, I do think that the minister erred in not informing us, and I, I think she tried to explain her way through uh, by saying that 
it, it was on the ATPs and, and so on. Um, but but certainly we were not taken into a confidence with regards to the uh, the shutting down of of IDT. Um, so I think that that a, a a a strong stance then needs to be needs to be taken by this particular committee. Um, I certainly do not think that it can be supporting the minister's uh, position uh, in terms of how she went about uh, the, the the so-called closing. Uh, I'm not sure what happened yet, Chair. Can you still hear me? Hello? Yes, I can hear you clearly. My screen screen just uh, went blank for a while. Okay. So essentially, I, I think that we, we certainly cannot, and I think most most members, if I can recall, uh, agreed that the uh, the direction or the path that the minister took was not the correct path with regards to IDT. The question is then is what are the options? I would I would agree with the option that Shuaib um, indicated that we look for a system that is functional, much like the one that works with National Treasury. Um, where there are uh, accountability systems in place, transparency in place, and it does not place, um, if, if we are going to look at keeping IDT, it does not place IDT in that untenable position um, where they do work for the client, client departments, um, but there is no payment for the work that they, that, that's, a, that's a recipe for disaster, setting up the entity to fail. So, so something much like what that department is to Treasury, I would agree with uh, with that particular recommendation. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Chair. Um, I, I want to echo what my colleagues have said, particularly with saying thank you to the research team on a really remarkably good presentation. Um, again, I want to echo what uh, Honourable Graham-Marie said regarding the COVID money. That is a major concern for me as to what projects have actually been disadvantaged by the money that has obviously been used and spent on the likes of the quarantine facilities, because we know that it was not small change. It's in excess of 28 million rand. And let's look at the 37 million rand for the fence. Um, that, those are major issues for me. The other issues I have um, relate to, again, and I think this is going to be a general comment from everybody on the committee about this unilateral um, decision taken by the, the minister in closing down the IDT. We are her committee. Those kind of decisions cannot be taken independent of us. We are the oversight by parliament that ensures the transparency and uh, good corporate governance is actually followed by the minister. And that wasn't done, clearly. The only other point I'd like to make, Chair, is my particular bugbear, which is the immovable asset register. Somewhere along the line, we cannot keep putting this out saying we have so much land and we have so so many things to do. We really have to finalize an independent assessment so that we actually know what we are spending money on. We can't plan properly if we don't know what we own, whether it's buildings or whether it's land. And for me, 
alongside the IDT, we have to make sure that we have this asset register up and going. Thank you so much, Chair. Honourable Marcelle. Honourable Suisa. Uh, thank you, Chair. I am still having a blue Monday, but I'll try to. I think everything that I've spoken about has been captured uh, in, in, in the report that has been represented here that has been presented here today. Um, one of the things that I think we've left out, I don't know if it, it was a question from me or from Honorable Graham of the quarantine sites and the list, because if I can remember, we've even asked for a list of our own buildings of Public Works National that we have, and that thing has never materialized anyway. The list of NPOs that we usually work with it has never materialized. I don't know how it can be captured in the recommendations that even those things must be a recommendation that these are the things that we need. This is the time frame that we need we need them by. Because we can't do individual oversight on your own time when you are free to say, okay, this is one of our buildings. Let me go and check the status. These are the things that you can't do anything. Even the quarantine sites, we can't go to them because we don't have. And I think it's not only at national, even at provincial level. Yesterday, I was busy in all the provincial public works. Nobody could give me a list. Everybody was saying that they say that it's high profile and everything. So I don't know how it's going to be incorporated into the recommendation quarantine sites and NPOs that we usually work with as EPWP. Thank you, Chair. Michelle. Honorable Shabalala. Honorable Shabalala. Am I audible? Yes, yes. Oh, yes, thank, thank you, Chairperson. Uh, I, I wish to appreciate the work that has been done, well researched and, and well outlined. The only thing that uh, one would just raise maybe in hindsight, is the issue uh, around... Chairperson, uh, I, I seem not to find the space where we are talking about meeting the AG or meeting the scope. At what point? Uh, because for, from time to time, I've heard the... The minister telling us that he has been uh, meeting AG, has been meeting SCOPA, and I, 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 I think somewhere we need to talk about at some point meeting with the SCOPA where there are things that pertains to our committee, especially those things that are in the public domain or the things that um, um, uh, 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 like the things that they feel 
have uh, serious implica- implications um, uh, financially. But the other thing is the, um, the issue of um, COVID-19. I agree with the other member who has spoken about COVID-19 and, 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 and what, what is the way, the, the forward-looking in terms of how do the, 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 the department see itself but I, I, would, I, would, I would also agree that we are looking at, um, I know that there have been some deviations somewhere, but I know that uh, there would be some adjustments. I think during that time, we need to know where are the adjustments uh, will be, because it can't be just like normal in terms of the, 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 the figures. But when it comes to EPWP, chairperson, I don't know, we have spoken in the past about upskilling, etc. But can't we be specific this time and say, with the COVID-19, we have realized that the department will also uh, get into an uncharted uh, terrain, which is disaster. Together with the, the EPWPs, they are now uh, working as food soldiers in the disaster. Um, around health and also... Uh, around health and also disaster itself. Can, can't we say that um, at some point maybe we, or I don't know whether maybe we can be specific on this one, to say let them be upskilled in disaster because already they are working in disaster. Can't be they upskilled uh, with uh, health issues because from the experience that we have with COVID, we now know what could happen uh, maybe in future. Thank you so much. Ngiabonga Chairperson. Thank you, Honorable Shwalala. Honorable Ngumalo. Honorable Ngumalo. Yes, Chair, I'm here. Thank you very much, Chair, and good evening to my colleagues. And uh, I also want to extend my gratitude to to Shaipi and the uh, the team for, for, for a very comprehensive uh, report on what has been discussed. But I do also want to write on the, on, on, on the horse's back from what the, uh, the colleague has just said uh, with regards to engaging uh, SCOPA. I, I, I do believe that uh, as a committee, we should at some time uh, need to come closer to SCOPA and, 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 and have a microscopic a view of how they view our department and the activities within. And also, I also want to make an extension, Chair, to say that maybe even the, the Department of Home Affairs with regards to the Bay Bridge, because it seems like there is a parallel uh, oversight that is happening there. But I do also want us to also include uh, our, our oversight and also come together as those two have a joint sitting with those uh, uh, with that particular uh, portfolio committee in ensuring that we do not uh, 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 clash the, uh, our, our, our interest on that particular uh, uh, bait bridge. But let me extend to, to also ask if I may, uh, if do we, do we know which properties or how many properties uh, that we are in conflict with, with the municipalities? Because I know that mm-hmm. Uh, you find that uh, public works and infrastructure 
and, and, and certain municipalities would, would be at loggerheads fighting over uh, properties that are not clearly defined whether they belong to the department or they belong to uh, 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 to the municipalities and, and, and hence that does not give us a sufficient uh, uh, capabilities to do oversight if we do not know who owns those particular uh, properties. I think it also goes to tie with the with the, with the asset register because if we had an asset register that was intact it would, it would make our, our 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 work much easier um and 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 and, and, and maybe lastly chair uh, will be the issue of the cpes i think also as a community colleagues to to the cpes one of them because really the injustice that we are doing uh, to those uh, graduates and, uh, and some of them are there waiting for us to take us to hold those people at that, at that particular time. But I don't think that we have strengthened our, our hand in ensuring that there is a smooth engagement with the, 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 the entity, I mean, the entity, the CPEs, and ensuring that those people have got a smooth uh, transition from being graduates, candidates, and to becoming professionals. Because if we're speaking about uh, capacity, if we want to capacitate our people, but us as the portfolio committee, we are not seem to be taking action in ensuring that that is happening. I don't think we are being justice to the uh, colleagues and honorable chair. And my last, last, I do also want to uh, express my concern, uh, honorable chair, with regards to the shutting down of IDT. Maybe the minister must, in, in, in one way or the other, come to the committee and bring the committee on board with uh, with this closing down of because we cannot we cannot have the minister the minister uh, spelling out things there in the media. We also we also find things in the media or we see them on news twenty four or whatever. But we cannot say that these are the resolutions of the committee without even even being presented to the portfolio committee. I think we should be also be brought into power as to what informed that and what are the 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 plan, the entire plan, if there, is, if there are plans, or shall we are just scrapping it, and then that's it. I think maybe I'd like to, to pause there on our chat. Thank you. Thank you very much, Chair, and good evening to Chairperson, members, and staff. Uh, I think Chairperson 9 would be very short because the various uh, proposals that I made in terms of recommendations and inputs has been in, taken into consideration and incorporated into the report. And I would therefore like to thank the staff for the excellent work that they've done because it's, it's, it's really good work. We don't praise the fish for swimming, but indeed they, they've done excellent work. Uh, Chairperson, I think one small input would be that uh, I've, I've noticed uh, when speaking to about the immovable asset register and the uh, introduction or the rollout of, of the Archibus system, there has been a date uh, so far as September that has been ad, uh, identified for, for feedback. I think we should move that date forward 
because that's too far. If we can remember, we've engaged the department on that issue and they promised us that they will uh, give us an update report by June. So we are in June. So I would propose, can we move that date from September to, to July at least so that we can just move it forward? Because that's really a, 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 a area of concern for me. Chairperson, then I think uh, when we receive the presentations and then I, 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 I refer this subject to all the entities as well as the departments, they, they lag behind in terms of adhering to the targets in terms of, 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 of vacancy rate. So I would like to, to propose that uh, we, 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 we mention something there in terms of, of, of the budgetary allocations to be improved to uh, ensure that, that staff vacancies, especially in PMTE, is felt. Because if we fail to do that, we've already seen that the targeting, the, the target is 12 percent, but they already pre, uh, preempt that they're going to, they want to, to reach 10%, and that's already a high vacancy rate. We need to see that lowering, and also we need to see that uh, in terms of the uh, vacancies, the filling of vacancies, that thing should be roll, rolled out dra uh, dramatically, and we should get feedback in terms of the, the uh, quarterly reports. I think I'll pause there, Chair. Thank you very much. Greetings, Chair, and greetings to everyone. Let me join my colleagues in uh, appreciating uh, the work done by the support staff in preparation of uh, this report. I'm saying this, Chair, because the difficult as it is there to go on prepare this report. And we all know that uh, uh, this APP is not a true reflection of what's happening. This year, the department will have an excuse, a good excuse for underperformance. Everything that they fail to perform, they'll uh, blame it to COVID. Today, they were discussing, definitely, at the end of the day, they are not going to achieve some of their targets and it will be, it will be blamed on COVID. So, <clears throat> I... I want to I want to start with yeah I want to start with IBT. I I think it's better that uh, the minister must be invited back to the committee for the, for us to to discuss this thing of IBT. Uh, at the same time, I want to lobby the committee that uh, the action of the minister was reckless. She cannot do what she did. Uh, we, we are the committee. We approve the budget of the department and she accounts to us. She cannot go out there and think about the future of IDT without taking us into confidence. It is precisely a department and out of what they've been telling us from last year, that they failed IDT. 
As we speak, IDT has got an illegal board just presiding over it, and there is nothing wrong with that. From uh, policy and budget speech, he told us that he's going to restructure IDT. The 2018 turnaround strategy, we don't have any report to say this is what they've done in terms of implementation of that turnaround strategy. Therefore, from where I'm seated, it is reckless for the minister to go into the media and say she wants to dissolve IDT without uh, coming to us. So we, we, we should summon her and we should not agree to what she's saying. The last thing, Chair, uh, on 7.7, I, I agree with uh, the recommendations. On 7.7, the ACTIVA system, probably uh, the content advisor and the researcher will, will, will uh, advise us properly. My understanding is that uh, the ACTIVA system uh, is privately owned or is procured. Therefore, cannot be asked as a committee that uh, recommend that it must be rolled out. There are two things. If you have procured anything from any service provider, if it's not working, you go to another one. But what is important is that as a committee, we should instruct the department to improve its uh, immovable asset register and give us a report. So that technicality, I think the those that have got the better knowledge must tell us. Because from a layman, if Vodacom is not working, I can still go to MTN. And it can be the committee that says Akibas, if it's privately procured. But if it's not privately procured, I think uh, the recommendation is, is, is fine. Thank you, Chair. Um, thank you, honorable members. Um, just before um, Shreib and, and or Shreib, uh, comes back and, and responds in some of the comments uh, that have been raised by honourable members, let me also add my voice in appreciating um, yeah, the the research and and the dedication that has been um, applied in compiling this report. Uh, it is also a true reflection of what we did in the last few weeks when we were dealing with the strategic plans and the APPs of the department and its entities. <clears throat> um, two, just just few things. Um, because I am covered by, by many of, of the honorable members on what they have said, uh, which I, I want uh, the team to note it, is that we want to invite the minister, the, the IDT board, in fact, an IDT, back to the committee. Um, remember they talked about the exit plan, which we don't have. We didn't see their strategic plan. We didn't see their APPs. Uh, there's been a lot. Uh, what the minister said last year is not what she is currently saying now. So we would really like the, the minister, the IGT, to be back in the committee. Two, the, the issue of the PMTE, um, if, if you can listen carefully to what the members are saying, on the issue of the number of properties and all that, 
Uh, I think it goes on to, to what uh, Shreib has said, that you don't have warm bodies uh, at national. They are at the province or the regions, as they call them. I think we also need, in the next meeting, in which we'll be dealing with PMTE, we need those regional heads. Uh, I, think, I think that must be done, or the provincial heads. Uh, we need them in our in our in our portfolio committee. Uh, so I'd say this issue of of the numbers that we have been asking and we, don't, we have not been getting a, a clear response on it, then we ask them, the regional director of KZN, please assist us on this one. So I think we need to do that um, in in the next meeting in which we'll be dealing with um, PMTA. Uh, but I'm covered with, with, with by my colleagues in the number of issues that I wanted to raise. Uh, they've properly covered me. Uh, Shreib, any any responses? Uh... Chairperson, I almost don't want to respond because because um, just to say uh, the the. Recommendation on COVID-19 budget expenditure. I will show it just now on the screen when I when I take my ugly mug away. Um, then I'll put the document up and you'll be able to see the recommendation for COVID-19. Um, the just to say that the meetings of the AG and SCOPA um, that the minister has with them, uh, we 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 can get the records of that and look at what came out of it. But I think the, the Honorable uh, Nomalu raised something very important, Chair. We have to, when those meetings take place, when SCOPA deals with our department, and sometimes when public service and admin as a committee deals with issues around vacancies in our department, we need to make ourselves available, one or two of us members, to actually attend. Uh, there were times in the past that Inez and myself attended meetings like that, but on our own, it's not enough. We need some of the members to avail themselves for some of those meetings. Then, Chair, um, just the issue of the public works bill or the review of the white papers. I will give more input on that at another stage so that we can see the link between the review and the new legislation, both in terms of the CIDB amendment and the CBE amendment acts that will give them more enforcement power, but also the enforcement in terms of the Public Works and Infrastructure Act. Um, I will give more input on that, but uh, that, that's, not, that's not really necessary to, to say too much about. The, uh, there was, of course, we will take into account what you just said, Chair, around the, the regional heads coming to us whenever we, the, it should actually be whenever the PMTE meets, they must be with us, whenever. Um, I, I also want to, it's two recommendations, I just want to show members, and then um, I will, uh, I will step off and the committee can do what it needs to do. I'll just go on to the document quickly. Um, <clears throat> the First recommendation uh, 13, 7.313. We ask the minister to urgently inform, is it this one? 
Yes. The committee of the plan to ensure that government has a social infrastructure development agency in place so that we can have um, the delivery, the service delivery, I should say, uh, of the IDT. Um, but we insert a sentence here, further to consider alternatives to continue initial plans, I'll say initially made plans, to restructure the IDT into a social structure agency, social uh, infrastructure every agency established as a government component in terms of the Public Service Act. And then we say report by 31 July. We had a bit of a debate about whether that July is too early, but we feel, we feel that it's not... Uh, Chair and, 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 and members, because um, there's clearly been information given in the media that uh, this committee should have seen uh, much earlier. And if we, if we see them, the, the, the minister and the IDT board, um, we can certainly then urge them in this meeting to uh, look at the alternatives that we can place in front of them. Then, Chair, I need to show you the recommendation on COVID-19 which is 715, uh, Minister to provide a comprehensive report on expenditure during the COVID-19 disaster period and the provision of personal protective, uh, it should be protective equipment and professional services to put quarantine sites in place across all government levels. Report to be made by end September and in quarterly performance reports because we know that as the Honorable Mashele so eloquently stated, we know that some of the stuff that's happening right now is just symbolic, but in reality there is budget uh, expenditure taking place that we don't have a finger on. So, so let me just say something about PPEs. PPEs being spent across every department. If the, for those members who serve in other committees, please look out for the amount. It is astronomical. I cannot believe that it's that much, but it's astronomical. Um, Chair, um, then I think the Honourable uh, von Skalkweg also said a few things around vacancy, um, budgetary implications for PMTE. Um, I think I made a change to it. I'm just trying to find it quickly. Um, it's not there. It's lower down. She said that we should ensure that there's a budgetary increase. I, I, it's difficult to put a budgetary increase there, but what I, I did put in was to ensure that the PMT's vacancy rate um, can't find it. But, but to say that there is a, a, a recommendation that I put in that addresses a concern around um, the lower expenditure um, on compensation of employees um, that clearly indicates the, the, the crisis that the PMTE struggles with um, when it comes to professional services. Um, I did put something in, I just, right now, I just can't find it. 
Um, Chair, I'm, I'm not going to address every single one of those comments. Um, uh, uh, just the issue on Archibus. Um, Honorable Mashele, the Archibus, yes, it's indeed a, a software company, a software program that's privately owned. But the rollout of these modules took place already and they are delayed because um, money was spent. But we find, and remember, Archibus is an Excel software-based system for property management. And what we're not saying here, what I didn't say in, the, in this report, is to refer to Archibus and Sage that's been purchased. Um, and rest assured, we, we have our finger on that one, and we will have an item in the agenda, an agenda item in our program that will deal with both Archibus rollout as well as Sage. So the ICT executive committee that we referred to here will have to deal with both Sage and Archibus and the budgetary expenditure on that. Um, if it doesn't make total sense right now, believe me, it will um, once we have that budget item in front of the members for a program, uh, for one of the term programs, and they will see that it all comes together. Um, that's it, Chair. Thank you. Chair, can I please add something? Okay, please. Thank you, Chairperson. Um, my input is just based on recommendation number 7.13, which talks about the IDT. What we were discussing with my colleague, um, I think it was yesterday, was that in terms of programming, Initially, before the, the the lockdown dynamics and technicalities, we had planned to hear about the IDTs in one of the following weeks. I think it's next week, the week after the next, the week of the 27th of June. So we had planned to, to get a briefing from the department regarding the restructuring of the IDT and all of that. But given the fact that there has been um, developments around that area, and, and that the minister has spoken about the exit strategy of the entity. So what we are thinking and what we'd like to propose to the committee is that we should rather have a presentation from the minister um, regarding the exit strategy that she spoke about so that we can make sure that we tackle the issue as soon as, as possible. Uh, I think um, that's what we can provide from our side as a proposal in terms of programming. So the week of the 27th of June, we could have we could have that presentation from, from, from the minister in terms of the extra structure of the, of the IDT. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Nola. Um, then can we have um, a mover um, uh, for the adoption of the agenda with with the um, amendments that members have, have raised, uh, which some of them um, has, has effected now. Can we have a mover? Honorable members? Honourable Graham, Honourable Graham, I so move. Honourable Graham, Graham. I so move. Chair, thank you, Honourable Hicklin. A seconder, please. Honourable Graham, Honourable Graham, thank <coughs> you. So our report has been uh, adopted. Um, uh, we chair. can now go to yes. Chair, sorry, chair. Uh, Honourable um, Honourable um, Frank. Yeah, chair. Uh, I, I obviously also
also support the um, the adoption of the report, but I just think that I I haven't heard from some of the other members uh, or yourself in terms of the direction that we are going to be taking with regards to IDT. Because in the report, as the Honourable Graham has indicated, um, it can appear to be a bit contradictory in terms of how it's presented. We, we, we're saying, uh, Honourable Tring, that uh, you, you were part of the meeting um, when we dealt with this, but we feel that we, it was not enough. We need uh, the Minister IDT to come to a meeting, and, and the Sashnola has uh, said that on the 27th. I think we'll take a clear direction okay. after that one. Remember, we okay. will then uh, explore many avenues, um, if possible. We need to even to see what are they recommending to us, uh, what are the plans that they are coming. They can't come up with one plan, uh, definitely. There may be plan A, plan B, or plan C, whatever, but we need to come up. Remember when the chair of the board was presenting, apparently uh, they had many options uh, that they yeah. presented to minister. We want that information uh, presented okay. to us. Yeah. All right. It can't be minister's issue. We need to be taken on as 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 the as the committee, and we feel that last time it was not enough due to time constraints. We'll be dealing only with IDT on that particular meeting. Please, Nola, okay. ensure that we don't have another uh, item for that meeting. It must be the issue of IDT only. Minutes, uh, Nola, uh, thanks, Chair. We, we have six sets of minutes. We should be starting with the minutes of the 10th of March uh, 2020. That, that's the first one. Okay. All right. Um, I'm trying to share the minutes on the screen so honourable members can right. just go. I'm just trying to sort something out, Chair. I note that the my browser is not allowing me to utilize other systems except for the PowerPoint presentation. There we go. Okay, Chair, seemingly I'm, I'm experiencing technical problems because my, my MS Teams doesn't want to allow me to share a, a Word document. So I'm not sure if perhaps members could be able to utilize the copies that were provided to them so that we can move from that side. Well, if it's available, Chair. Honorable um, Sharon, you have the set of minutes for the 10th of March. 
yes chair i have it in front of me okay Are you able to see the, the minutes on your side, honorable members? Yes, they are there now. Okay, this is the 11th of March. Let me try to source the 10th of March. Tenth of March was our meeting with the South African Police Services. And Public Works. Is it visible now, honorable members? Nope. Okay, Sorry, maybe we should yeah, maybe we should just utilize the copies that are presented to the members because it's yeah, this technology is just playing its way with me. Is it on now, Che? Yes. All right, thank you, Chairperson. Then I guess we can carry on. Chairperson, page one and two are mainly the attendance registers of who attended the meeting and not. So I think our the members' inputs would start on page three. Mm. Which is the one that is on our screens now. Jay, do, you, do you want me to lead the session or will you will you lead on your side? Then I can just be in the documents on the screen. Talk to the documents. Okay. In fact, it, it just, just talk to them, not to read line by line. In that first paragraph, Nola, you've got a double the. First paragraph on page three. Thank you. Okay. 
continue. Okay, and then we move to page four. This was in relation to the parliamentary villages. Yes. I'm noting something else as well. And then there's a presentation by the SAPS. We're not going to go through line by line with the assumption that yeah. members have have had ample time to to go through the the minutes so we'd like to just check if there are any more inputs on on the set minutes and if the content is a true reflection of what transpired during that meeting from the members these are the technicalities in terms of the uh, makeup of the document we will fix later but um, as long as we have assurance from the honorable members that they're happy with the content that is captured on the minutes members are they reflect are they the true reflection of of what happened on the 10th of march yes true. i will be for move for the adoption of the minutes of the 10th Thank of you. march honorable fans so move seconda Agreed. I agree. Second. Okay, then I think we need to go to the one of the 11th of March. Is that also visible? Okay, this, this meeting, Chairperson, was the briefing by the Department of Public Works and Infrastructure on the consequence management regarding fraud and corruption cases, as well as the termination of employment contracts that has led to incapacity within the department. And this one is the one that we held at the Pepper Club. Um, so page one and two as well on this one would be the attendance register. So I'd just like to establish whether um, the members are uh, in agreement with the content of the minutes so that we can carry on. I don't know what is it my my issue of the challenge I don't have it but I don't see anything. I don't have it a screen. The my screen is black, Nola. Even mine is black. That's why I was asking. So I challenge. Let me try to share it again, Chair. Okay. Is it visible now? Yes. All right. Okay, one, one thing to note, uh, Chairperson, is on page, uh, the page that has the resolutions is the last page, where the committee resolved that uh, we need a list of all companies that have been doing maintenance in the DPWI during the period 2014 to 2019 in Swane in Cape Town that had to be submitted to the committee by no later than 18th of March. Um, my understanding is that we have not yet received all the information from the department, um, even though we had um, requested them time and again to submit this information, but we have yet had no luck. So perhaps it's one of the things that when we are looking at um, the the resolutions tracker that we have 
on our side as colleagues then we'll have to follow up on. That will be all from my side chair on this one. Um, just before we get a move on this one, I think on your last point, um, this issue has been raised um, several times. I think Honorable Chaku um, raised this one. That we need to have a resolution tracker. There are many things that have resolved in our meetings, uh, and then we'd ask the department to provide us with that information, but we'll find out that we don't get that information. Uh, I think in the next meeting, uh, we need that resolution tracker uh, so that we then confront the department. It, it can be the issue of COVID-19 that has made them not to provide us with the information that is on their computers. Uh, can I then... Um, Firstly, is this a true reflection of what happened on the, on the 11th, uh, Honourable Members? So, yes, yes I, I, I agree to the minute, but uh, there is this omission which I think is there, the issue of the minister. Every time when the minister is not there, we don't write it that the minister was absent when apology. We just probably were used to the fact that she does not come to our meeting. So it must be recorded uh, as part of the people who have attended. If the minister is absent, let it be noted there. I agree with the minutes, Chair. Um, Honorable Mashele, if I, if I may uh, respond, Chair. On, on item number two, apologies, which is on page two, um, this, it's where the, the matter is always reflected when, when the minister or, I, or the DM or even the DG of the okay. department is not able to, to come to our meeting. We recorded on apologies. Okay. Thanks, Chair. Then Honorable Marshall has moved for the adoption of the minutes of the 11th. Can I get a mover? A second, please. I will second Chair um, Hicklin, Madeleine Hicklin. Thank you, Honorable Hicklin. Um, the next set, Nola, is of which date? That one is the the 4th of May, Chairperson. It's the 4th of May, the 13th of May, the 20th of May, and the 28th of May. Okay. I just want to check if the if if the the minutes are visible on the screen. Not as yet. Let me retry again. I take it's now visible? Yes. All right. Thank you, Chairperson. And this uh, basically all the meetings that were held in May were the budget vote related meetings where in which uh, we were jointly with the Select Committee on Transport, Public Service and Administration, 
public works and infrastructure. So from the 4th of May until the 28th of May, this, these would be, would be um, our joint min minutes. Um, so the first one, which was on the 4th of May, was the briefing by the Department of Public Works and Infrastructure regarding properties earmarked for the quarantine site. So this one, the 4th of May, was mainly um, in relation with the COVID-19 issues. Then the rest, which followed after those, were then um, the budget vote-related meetings. So you'd remember, honorable members, that we had called the department to 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 brief us on, on, on these issues, the properties uh, earmarked for quarantine sites, the role of the EPWP beneficiaries, as well as the Bait Bridge uh, land port of entry fencing project. So page one and two is also mainly the, the, the attendance register. We, well, there the minister was there because there was no apology for her that was um, um, registered and noted. <laughs> Nola, yeah. can, yes. through you, Chair, can we just get an indication there's nothing's been mentioned about the DM, but I'm, I'm, I, I'm almost sure that she was part of that meeting, and I'm not sure you, you, you correct me. You mean on the attendance register? Yes, my dear, there's nothing being reflected either on the attendance or apologies. Um, if my memory serves me right, the DM was not part of that meeting. I think it's the meeting where in which she struggled to log in because there, there was a meeting where in which she couldn't uh, in, where the minister was the only one who was available. Okay, if I'm mistaken, the colleagues would assist me on this one, but if she wasn't on the meeting, she definitely would be registered somewhere um, in terms of the apologies. I agree with you, Nala. Thanks, Honorable. Can... Correct, Nala. All right. Um, on page, we are now on page, uh, trying to work with my screen here. On page five. Where, where the resolutions are. The, the, the committee took resolutions um, and one of the major ones was that we need to, to undertake a, um, an urgent oversight visit to view the state of quarantine sites and a specific focus would also be placed on the Zitabiseni quarantine site in Bumalang. So we tried to approach the, office of the house chairperson through our chairperson and what what transpired um, in those discussions was that out of those discussions was that because we were still on level four of lockdown and therefore travel restrictions were still um, there, so we couldn't be able to travel. But the chair undertook to speak to the chairperson of the select committee in the SOP, so we can just make sure that the the portfolio committee from the province would be able to 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 undertake that oversight visit but i think as as soon as as soon as the the lockdown restrictions on in terms of interprovincial travel are lowered down um then perhaps the the house chairperson could advise as of whether we can we can uh, we can 
undertake an oversight visit or not because reality is that we can't this is a matter that we can't leave until after um the the COVID 19 period because it relates specifically to this period so it, it would need to be given to be taken into cognizance and and be given the urgency it deserves um also here chairperson we have we have the resolution striker i think i should allude to that we do have a resolution striker which is usually um assisting us in terms of the programming of the committee so the agenda items that we usually put on our program would mainly be derived from or rather out of the resolutions of the minutes and also out of the recommendations of the reports such as the budget vote report right now. So what we'll basically do is to just keep following up with the department in terms of what is it that is still outstanding from their side and why has it been has it been so? So I'm looking. I'm saying that looking at the issue of number five point four of the resolutions, where where we we wanted the the department to submit a list of all non-profit organizations who had sponsored APWP beneficiaries, which to this day we have not yet received. I think that should be all on my side on that one, Chairperson. Chair, through you, uh, with regards to the Zetabazeni site, I believe it was closed down and is not in use anymore, but I still believe we need to have a look at it. Okay, thank you. But I I also want us to to on on the issue of the Tabisen site is it the one in Pumalanga? Um, uh, remember, we were also informed um, in details by the by the department that it was not the national department that acquired that site it was the provincial department but again they they there's nothing wrong in us looking at it but we need to check i think um nola on this one if there is a matter arising <laughs> as when you we are in other meetings we have matters arising i think um uh, when we were discussing earlier, before we started the meeting, uh, we that the flights will be opened um, uh, around the 15th of June. I think that request again must be uh, uh, written. Uh, we are no longer in level four now. We are in level three, and I think uh, some traveling is allowed. Uh, we will be doing our work um, so that we go to that paid bridge if you would follow up on that request now and then uh, remember uh, after the 15 there will be some movement again can we then uh, agree that these minutes are a true reflection of the meeting of the 4th of may and then uh, can i have a mover for the meeting for the minutes for the adoption Honourable members. I so move, Chair Marcelle. Thank you, Honourable Marcelle. A second. I'm seconding the Chair and Thank you, Honourable Skalvik. And then the meeting of the 13.
Is it visible now, Chair? The meeting of the 13th, the minutes of the 13th? Not yet. Hey, this thing is giving problems today. I'm no longer looking at it now. I'm <laughs> looking at my own set of. <laughs> okay, I think it is now visible. Thank you so much. Yes, it is. All right, so this one was also a joint meeting between the two, the portfolio and the select committees, where we received a briefing by the department and the PMTE on the five year strat plans and annual performance plans. So, page one and two are also a reflection of the attendance register. Um, where, and then we also had apologies. The apology of the Minister of Public Works Infrastructure was also attended because she was attending the NCCC. I, I don't think we should necessarily go in deep detail here, Chairperson, because all the matters that we raised here are basically reflected on the actual report. So the report that we've just gone through is a true reflection of what was um, what is entailed in the minutes from the 13th until the 28th of may so if i if i may on on number five resolutions the committee resolved that department should send written responses to questions that could not be responded to due to time constraints so as as, as far as we are concerned from the support staff office we have only received the written responses of the meeting that was held on the 4th of May, which was shared with the members, um, I think sometime yesterday or sometime last week, if I'm not mistaken. Thank you so much. Um, is this a true reflection of the meeting that we held on the 13th of May, members? Uh, if it is so, can we then have a mover for the adoption of the minutes? I'm moving to Thank you, Honorable Stalwick. Um, may I have a seconder, please? I'll second, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Van Hicklin. And can we go to the minutes of the 20th of May, Chair? Yes. All right, thank you, Chairperson. Um, on this day, we had a briefing from the CBE and the CIDB on their five-year strat plans and annual performance plans. I think the resolutions that are captured here were also um, captured in the recommendations of the budget vote report, as I heard my colleague uh, pointing them out during his presentation. Um, also, the CIDB needs to report on the number of injuries at the construction sites um, in terms of their reporting quarterly to the committee. And 5.4, the minister and and uh, the DPWI were urged to regulate contractor performance to ensure that the contractor performance ratings were, were completed. I should pause there, Chair. 
Um, Thank you, Honorable Van Skalvik. I'll second. Thank you, Honorable Van Hicklin. The minutes of <laughs> the meeting of the 28th. 28th May. You just call Honorable Hickling Van, Van Hickling. <laughs> That's the official uh, new surname, Honourable Thring. Indeed it is. <laughs> I'm just trying to share the other minutes. Uh, right, we've got, the, we've got the minutes of the 28th of May 2020, Honourable Chairperson, which was also a joint meeting of the portfolio and the select committees, um, where we had an, a, a presentation from the IDT and AGRIMA SA. And here, needless to say, that we've just labored the point about the IDT as well as AGRIMA SA. And they also, they've also been captured in the report as well as the recommendations thereof. If I may zoom into the resolutions of the committee for the day, um, the committees are to, to consider whether the suggested exit strategy was the best solution for, for, for the department. So that presentation already, and as I, as I previously indicated, we've already taken that, that. That's what we were basically discussing yesterday with my colleague, which I pointed out earlier on um, during my input, that we are looking at scheduling that for the week of the 27th of June. That's resolution number 5.1. Uh, 5.2, the committee has emphasized that the minister is a strong monitoring and evaluation unit in our office. That's been captured on the recommendations of the budget vote report. The... Third and last one, um, the committee is committed to work with the Minister, DPWI, PMT, IDT and ASA and other entities to find solutions for the challenges of the department that must lead, coordinate and regulate the South African public works and infrastructure sector. And I think this is one of the major roles of the portfolio committee that it has also committed to undertake. Uh, thank you very much, Chairperson. May I have a move on our members? Apologies, Honorable uh, Hickley. May I, I have move. a move on our members? I will move, Chair. <laughs> I will second, Chair, Honorable Van Hickley. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Honorable <laughs> Members. I uh, would need to have a meeting now, not the virtual one. Uh, thank you, honorable members. Uh, that was the last set. No, 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 that was the last set of minutes. Yes, oh, Chair. Okay. Thank you very much. It was the last set. Yeah. Chairperson? Uh, thank Yes, Honorable Hans Calvary. Thank you, Chair, for the opportunity. I think I'd like to echo the sentiments that were, uh, were raised in terms of the uh, tracking of our all our resolutions, including uh, the promises that were made by the department. So I would therefore uh, propose that the staff compile a, a, a spreadsheet where they uh, give us an outlay of the different resolutions and those that has been complied to in terms of the tracking and those who, that are outstanding and they uh, should submit it both to the members and to the, the, the department so that we are in a position to hold the uh, department accountable 
and uh, 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 speak to the, the, the ministry to intervene where the needs arise because it's a continuous uh, thing, chairperson, whereby we are raising the same issues. It, uh, the, the department makes promises and now it's rendering us uh, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a way as if we are ineffective because we keep on coming back discussing the very same things which we've already discussed, we've reached conclusions, we've reached resolutions, and it's not been adhered to by the department or the entities. So we really need to 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 take this thing serious. And if we can have that within the next seven days, forward it to the members as well as to the department, uh, then we would really appreciate it. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Fanskalwick. I, I think on that one you uh, spot on. You are spot on. I think it has been a challenge for all of us as members. The, the way the department is responding in some of the issues that we are raising. Uh, hoping that you have noted that. Uh, any other issue, Honorable Members, before we adjourn the meeting? Chair, if I may. Um, we, we already have a resolution tracker. What we have not been doing is to share it with members or the department. So we've just been re remotely speaking to the department in terms of what's still outstanding and not. But the document is already there. It's got dates and all of those things. So from now on, we'll keep sharing it with the members, perhaps bi-monthly or monthly or however the committee would like us to, 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 to share it with, with, with the members. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Nola. I think we must have it monthly. When we start another month, we then raise these issues that we have requested uh, in the previous meetings. I think, yeah, we must have that. We must have that. Thank you. Honorable um, members, again, we had such a, a robust meeting um, in which we engaged uh, progressively and positively. Um, we again, we again asserted ourselves that we have to play the oversight role. Uh, like the last time that we did that, we it is the constitutional mandate and the legislative mandate of us that we have to play over the department. Um, really appreciate your your inputs uh, even in shaping the report uh, of our committee um those that will be driving uh, because they to drive to where the network is yeah. let's drive safe yes. those that will be going to their rooms good night uh, it was good to be with you see you next week thank good you chair be safe everyone Good evening, everyone. Oh, you can Good evening, Svater and Van Hicklin. Honorable Van Hicklin. Good night, Chair. You must, Madeline, okay. please tell your wife about her new surname. Oh, well, indeed, right now, Shane. Bye bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. No, I'm you now, eh? Ah? Sending the corrected report to you now.
Cool. Thank you so much. Good night. Good night. Good night. But I should only be saying good night to honorable members because my honorable I'm going to another meeting. Good night. Good night. You can't be working. Honorable Suiza, enjoy your meeting. Which meeting is this? You didn't ask permission. I'm going to sleep at 12. Ay, ay, ay. You have a very blue Monday. It's a blue Monday. I know.